I don't have time to create social media content for this podcast. It's just a fact. When you're a solo entrepreneur, your time is very, very precious. And the thought of me taking that time and sinking it into editing a bunch of short videos for social media was absolutely not at the top of my list of things to do. Problem is, how are people going to find out about my show if I don't have anything on social media? Thank goodness today's sponsor was invented and saves me countless of hours editing each and every week. Opus Clip is a generative AI video tool that repurposes long form videos into short social clips for social media in one simple click. Seriously, after I record an episode, I upload the video into Opus Clip and within minutes, the powerful AI tool has created about 25 ready to use short videos for me. You can even create templates for the AI to follow so that your videos come out perfect each and every time. I 100% would not be sharing any videos on my social media if it was not for Opus Clip. Check out Opus Clip by going to callenbrecken.com forward slash Opus Clip or click the link in the show notes to start repurposing your long form content today with an easy, simple click. Now let's get into today's episode. Businesscape Podcast, where we talk about all things business, marketing, and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Callum Brecken, and on today's episode, I have Jennifer Petrella. Jennifer is a mentoring expert at, now please forgive me, I do not speak French, so I'm probably not going to pronounce this correctly, but Montreal, Quebec's Mentorship Accelerator. A dynamic speaker and avid learner, Jennifer studied and worked on four continents before settling in Montreal, Quebec, where she implements mentorship programs that promote equity and the inclusion of diversity. Jennifer is herself a mentor and mentee in constant evolution. Mentoring completely changed my life and my business, so I'm really excited to talk to Jennifer today on the topic of mentoring. So let's jump in. Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. I'm so excited to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing so great. I'm so excited to be starting off 2024 with this podcast with you, Callan. Yes, because mentorship is like so huge. I'm so excited that this is like kicking off 2024 as well, because I know mentorship has like absolutely changed my life and my business life. And when I saw you at the Queer Tech um, Conference in Montreal, I was like, I need to have this person on the podcast because you just blew me out of the water. So I want to jump in. How long have you been specializing in mentorship? So I have been either mentored or menteed for 20 years. I've been practicing mentorship kind of professionally for 15. And about five years ago, I started to specialize in inclusive mentorship, including LGBTQ plus mentorship. Yes, which is why I saw you at the Queer Tech Conference, which and also if anybody's listening, there's the Queer Tech uh, podcast I did live at the event, which is I don't know how many episodes ago from here, but it was one of the best events I had been to in like a long time. Did you really enjoy yourself when you were there? I loved every minute of the uh, conference, Callan. I think that Queer Tech is doing such a public service with their annual conference and with all of their work, including their mentoring program. Yes, I hope. Are you going to be there next year? I, if they don't invite me, I'll come knocking. 
<laughs> awesome, because I would love to see you there again. I think your presentation was just so unique compared to so many of the other uh, presentations that went on. And there's definitely a huge need for it because everybody afterwards, you do this like mix and mingle kind of a thing where you can find mentors and mentees on one side and, and then on the other. And I think that that was exactly what a lot of people were there looking for. And you just provided that space so beautifully. And it was it was phenomenal. And we're all, we're all very grateful for it. Can I ask why, why did you decide to focus on mentorship as a career path? So Kellen, the truth is, is that I've done a lot of things in my career that I think are good and that I think are useful, but mentorship I know is good. It's useful. It's powerful. I have witnessed it turn around people's lives. And when their lives get turned around, then there's a ripple effect it's an, they empower themselves, they empower other people. It is um, an investment, the return on investment uh, in mentorship is so much higher than anything else that I've done. And I have a very eclectic career. I've done a lot of things. Um, I can't say much. I have more about it than that. It's fabulous. And so when did you kind of make that choice of being like, okay, I've been mentored, I've been a mentee, but now I want to make it a real career. When did that kind of come along for you? Because it's not something somebody thinks about of like, oh, I can make this a career. I didn't, it, I'm very lucky to have had that opportunity. About five years ago, Mantara Quebec got a, um, a grant from the um, Status of Women Quebec. It's called the uh, Secretariat de la Condition Féminine uh, to put together inclusive mentorship programs for women in male-dominated industries. And when Montreal Quebec started looking around for somebody to do this, I said to myself, this is an opportunity that I cannot pass up. So I just kind of cleared my desk. And you just got ready and jumped right in. I jumped right in with two feet. So if you were going to say, so if mentorship were a superhero, what would its superpower be? And how can us mere mortals tap into them for professional growth? Right. So my first comment about this is that I don't think that we're mere mortals. I know that you mean that in a funny way, and I agree. But at the same time, we're we're mortals. We are our possibilities and our potential is actually um, infinite. Okay, and we only realize a, per, a very small percentage of what we're capable of because we just don't have perhaps the conditions, either the mental or the material conditions, to go further. But our potential is unlimited. So. If mentorship had superpowers, what would it be? It would be to reveal the potential. And I think of it, mentorship for me is actually a touchstone, okay? So historically, what was a touchstone? A touchstone was a black stone that revealed the quality of gold. So if you take gold and you draw pure gold and you draw a line on this black stone, and people have been doing this for 2000, uh, since 2000 BC, okay? It's thousands of years old, this technique. They didn't have laboratories. They had this black stone and you would take the gold and draw a line on it. And if it were true gold, real gold, pure gold, you would see a very clear line. If the gold had been fiddled with, if it weren't pure, the line wouldn't come through. And mentorship is, a, is that black touchstone. It allows us to reveal the gold, the mentor to reveal the gold in the mentee. And if the line isn't coming through clearly, the mentor helps polish that glass, helps the mentee spin their strengths into, um, spin their weaknesses into strength until they get clearer and clearer, purer and purer. Until We're all gold. We all have gold inside of us. And the mentorship touchstone function allows that to shine through. Okay. Wow. Yes. I would, I would a hundred percent agree. I would say that with my, I have a mentor. I've had her ooh, since I think 2020, I 
think, yeah, or 2021, maybe that, I think it was that January. We just talked about this, like it just, just came to two years this January. So we're very excited. Um, but like, she's just pulled so many things out of me that I didn't think were there and just guided me in so many ways that I didn't even know I needed. And one thing I will say about mentorship is that it's, it's not always going to be the person you think or you want to have as your mentor. Because when I entered this one program that she came with, I went in being like, oh, I want a marketer. I want this because that's the world that I lived in. I was like, I want to learn this world. And so I want a professional in that world so that I can learn from them. That's what I, I kind of had in mind. And what I got was a financial advisor, kind of a bookkeeper, uh, tax specialist. And I was like, okay, well, I really want to be part of this program. So I guess I'll take that. But it doesn't, you know, that's not sexy. It's not what I thought I wanted. And then it just the energy was there. We clicked as human beings and as people. And I didn't know that that's who I really, truly needed for my business in order to succeed. Because she saved me so many times around finances and what to do. And like I started investing for the first time in my life, like not investing, investing, but like RRSP and TFSA, like all these kinds of things that scare us when you don't really know or you didn't have parents that taught you about it. And just all this whole world opened up to me that wouldn't have happened had I had another mentor. And I'm so, so, so grateful for her and for that mentorship, for that polishing of the rock of be like, no, it's there, it's in you. Just got to teach you how to pull it out a little by little. So I love that. It's beautiful, beautiful experience. Now you said, use the word open in your description. And I understand that you're grateful to your mentor. And I understand that she was totally miraculous for you and opened your eyes and everything. But you know, your eyes opened. And that you may, I don't know if you're aware of this, Callan, but that's the number one, I would say, um, quality or condition that we need when we want to be mentorable, because you're not always mentorable. We're not always mentorable. Sometimes we resist. You could have said, no, I want a marketer and I'm not part of this, whatever. But for whatever reason, there's that open-mindedness in you that you brought to the relationship that made it all possible. So let's all recognize that mentors are magical, but we as mentees sometimes um, bring the magic too. We, there's a, it's a two-way relationship. Yeah. And also you need to find the right match because I've been matched with mentors that did, did was not a match and it didn't work out. And that's okay too. Like it's, it, it's not just going to be one or the other. You have to kind of go through this process of like, oh, well, maybe this person is a right match. Maybe this person isn't such a right match. I do want to know, in your opinion, what are the key qualities that make mentoring a mentoring relationship successful? And how do you navigate the challenges that might arise around that? Yeah, excellent question. So we just talked about open-mindedness as a, a, a key quality on the part of the mentee. Um, to that, I would also add honesty. Okay. So one has to, as a mentee, if you're going to get, um, if you're going to get the most out of the mentoring relationship, you have to take advantage of what is there in front of you. And what is there is a safe space to try things out. Now, you normally the mentor-mentee relationship is such that you're not dependent on your mentor. It's not your boss. It's not your best friend. You know, it's not somebody who um, knows your entourage, you know, necessarily, you know, it's somebody who's independent, a little bit removed, can give you the 360 um, and that you have to um, you can test things with and you have to be open. You have to be honest um, and say, listen, um, uh, I want to do this crazy thing. Everybody tells me it's not going to work or, um, or, 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 you know, look, I'm not getting along with my with my boss or my colleague. You know, um, they frustrate the hell out of me, whatever. You have to bring honesty to the relationship so that you can get feedback. 
otherwise you're kind of sitting there not 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 taking full advantage and then of course courage okay so honesty takes courage and then also takes courage to put into an application whatever the mentee uh, whatever the your mentor is telling you to do so you mentioned your financial you know your your accountability your accountant financial management I mean you know it sounds like you had to maybe uh, make some adjustments into your business model maybe you had to stop working on marketing and go back to the basics and look again at your finances perhaps you had to restructure you know sometimes we don't really want to do any of that stuff um but you know we're there because we're in a posture of learning and so the you know the courage to take on rub you know roll up your arm or roll up your sleeves and get the hard work done that's that's uh very very it has a good payoff in yeah. terms of mentors mentors what do we need uh what kind of key qualities you know the I don't know. It, let's talk about this, Callie, you know, because everybody has a different thing that they appreciate the most in their mentor. When I do mentor trainings, one of the things I really emphasize is the desire to truly listen. Yes, that's exactly. I was like, please say this first. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Let's that, hear it. it was my, my thing is really listening and hearing what is being said and what is going on is crucial to me to learn and to grow. I can't handle it just oh, it drives me crazy when somebody I can tell they're listening to think about what they want to respond with, not listening to what's actually being said, taking it in and then forming, you know, a response to that. And for me, that's the difference between a really great, amazing mentor and somebody who's just kind of helping you along, maybe a little bit in the journey. And, and maybe one of my other mentors that didn't work out, that's what I felt like it was happening. It was, I was saying things and they were like, mm, but I don't, I don't want that for you. Or I don't think that that's right. But it wasn't in a, I'm listening to you and what your goals and what your reasoning is. It was like, that's not how I see the world. And so I'm going to craft you in my image, not in the image you want to be. And that is a huge differentiation for me between listening for somebody who really wants you to just be helped on your journey versus, oh, I want to kind of craft you in my image. That is not mentorship. Absolutely. And that's why I think it's very unfair that we ask people to be mentors. You know, companies and, uh, and organizations ask them to be mentors without training them. Because in, in our professional lives, when we are approached as an expert, you know, we we're, we expect to provide expertise. You know, uh, if somebody comes to me for mentorship as a as a mentorship expert and says to me, "How should I? What kind of program should I uh, apply?" I try to provide them with my best expertise. That's why they're hiring me. But as a mentor, your your um, your strength is actually not to go out and tell your mentee exactly what they should do, exactly why you're an expert in this and what you do as an expert. You're your role is completely different. And it's important that we teach this, these to mentors because it's not intuitive. We have to teach mentors how to listen. I'm, you see how slowly I'm talking now? This is something that we also go through with mentors. We teach them to slow down. We teach them to listen to the other person, to look at their body language, to not formulate ideas in their heads uh, beforehand, to use their intuition. Now, there's a counter um, counter mainstream concept, you know, use your intuition when you're reacting to somebody, listen to them, really feel their, what they're, you know, have some empathy. Um, and then reflect to them, not tell them, oh, well, this is what you should do. It would be like, wow, Callan, that's an interesting question. 
this is what it brings up in me, in me. What do you think about that? Right? Yes, because that's that's helping leading them to their own decisions and their own inner thoughts and feelings, which helps them figure that out for themselves. Whereas if you're telling them what the answer is, that might be the right answer for you, but that's not the right answer for them necessarily. And if you don't help them pull out those questions for themselves or those answers for themselves, they're not going to get to the place that they really want to get in, in the way that they need to get there. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. And the power of the powerful questions are one of the most important aspects of being a good mentor. So when I give, when I train mentors, I talk about communication. I talk about three things. First is active listening. Second is powerful questions. Second is not telling them what you think. Second is not telling them what to do. Second is asking powerful questions. And then the third, and only the third, is feedback. And it, it, it has to fulfill very specific um, conditions to be useful. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, I definitely say that because I would say my mentor, she is really good at going slow, being very thoughtful, and asking me what I think. She provides her expertise in regards to the questions that I ask, because like, you know, finances, taxes, all these things, like those are very specific questions. But when it comes to the more, I guess you can say esoteric kind of questions or like inner, inner thought. Yeah, exactly. It, it's very my own stuff. And like, she kind of is really good at just asking a question of like, okay, let's talk a little bit more about, or tell me more about that, or, or, you know, open up a little bit more about that. And then I inevitably get to my own answer. Um, but it's through her sitting and listening and being patient that really gets me there. Cause these are like, a lot of this is stuff you, you could potentially do by yourself, like meditation and getting quiet and listening to your inner thoughts. But having another human being to bounce these ideas off of, sometimes we just want somebody as a mentee, we just want somebody to be like, you're not crazy. I felt like this as well. I went through this as well. It's part of the learning journey and just, just be reassured. Yeah, there's such a thing as collective intelligence. You know, yes, absolutely. We have to clarify our thoughts. We can't come to our mentors with a complete jumble and expect a miracle to happen. But there is such a thing as collective in in intelligence, bouncing things off of people. You know, there's we there's a reason that we ha we spend a lot of money in mirrors because uh, we you know we need to look at ourselves. We need to um, have somebody reflect us. Absolutely. And you know, yeah, I agree with you. You know, going back to the um, touchstone uh, image, um, you know, mentors reveal reveal the degree to which um a, a mentees is is clear in their thought you know their their project makes sense it stands up to scrutiny and everything like that but we're not actually goldsmiths where we'll like beat the metal beat the the impurities out of the gold you know that's not our job it's the mm -hmm. mentee who's going to decide what to keep what to throw away what to develop and so forth yeah yeah exactly i'm and i'm really curious when it comes to actually like being a mentor and tailoring your approach to, you know, the unique goals of each mentee, what are like the considerations that the individual needs to have and like to match the different personalities and that, because I can only assume you've mentored probably a ton of people and everybody's so different. How do you kind of navigate those journeys of uniqueness? 
Yeah. So this is the most important question in, in mentoring. Now, if you had asked me another question, that might have been the most important, but this is a very important one. Um, and it's especially important for people who aren't part of a majority group, right? So like in many cases, people, LGBTQ plus people are not part of the majority group. Um, and you know, uh, if we want people to shine, if we want them to realize their full potential, then we have to recognize and honor and teach them to honor everything in them that makes them unique, okay? So how do we do that? Um, there's one, well, we come, the rule of thumb always, of course, is, you know, 90% listening and asking questions and 10% talking as a mentor, okay? Um, second rule, I would say, or second advice would be to um, understand them. Don't leap into advice, seek to understand. So to how to tailor to their individual person. Well, listen with all your might, you know, hold your breath and listen. That's how hard you're listening. And once you understand their individual personalities, what comes out of your mouth is likely to be a lot more pertinent. Third would be, um, you know, to, to, to open horizons, right? So sometimes you mentioned earlier, um, you know, you're very focused on marketing. Well, you know, what about this other aspect? And now you, you brought mentorability to it because you're open-minded, but the mentor is not there only in a reactive stance, you know, and I, it's good that we're clarifying this because just listening or listening hard, listening actively, asking powerful questions doesn't mean that you're react in a reactive stance. It means it just gives you um, the information gathering stance that and the information gathering kind of like status that allows you to, to open horizons, make suggestions. They can be crazy suggestions, crazy, nothing wrong with crazy suggestions. It allows the mentee to reject them and say why they're rejecting them you know, and, but there may be a little something in that crazy suggestion that actually resonates, right? So being courageous, opening horizons, making different suggestions. Um, having said that, fourth rule of thumb, respect the mentee's solutions and respect their timing. Mm. Especially when people are not members of a majority group, right? Yes. Oh, I mean, this is very, very clear in the LGBTQ plus um, community. You know, people come out when they're good and ready to come out. You know, um, and this is something that, you know, straight um, mentors sometimes need to be explained. You know, I, I mean, we explain this to mentors. When we train mentors, we always say, don't rush your mentee. They have their own um, timing and there's often very good reasons for it. You can ask questions and you should ask questions, uh, but respecting their timing. Yeah. And not, just, not just in terms of coming out, but in terms of anything. Yeah. You said something that I think is incredibly powerful that hit me. Yes. That you said, listen, like hold your breath. That's how much you're listening. And that strikes me really powerfully as somebody who is good at talking and grew up feeling like a bit of like a bit of a know-it-all. Like I'm not at all, but like that's, I, I know I bring that energy. Um, and so if I were to be a mentor, I would have to hold on to that really tightly and be like hold your breath right. <laughs> and like really to get to that 90 10 percent 90 percent kind of rule I would definitely have to hold my breath I really really like that because I think that that I think where there's actually like what's the right word pandemic endemic epidemic of people who have absolutely no idea how to listen even just in general in life there are yes. so many people out there in the world who have no idea how to listen to other people. And I see this in groups of friends like gays, 
they're all just talking at each other and over each other. And everybody's just waiting for their time to speak and look important. And nobody's actually listening or communicating with each other. There are not this, you know, it's not a, you know, paintbrush over everybody, but there's a large majority of people who just speak and just don't actually pay attention to what other people are saying. And it's crazy. It is crazy. There's a book that really um, opened my eyes to this. It's called, I think it's called Quiet, The Power of the Introvert. Um, I think I, I think I have that book. Mm-hmm. Well, I recommend it because um, it really uh, underlined to me as, as, as a talker, you know, Cal and I'm, I'm, I like to talk as well, but it really underlined to me um, the fact that when I talk, when I'm quicker to talk than to listen, I'm actually excluding people, okay? Because certain introverts often need longer silences in order to authorize themselves to listen. Sometimes they even need to be invited to speak in order to feel comfortable speaking. And there's no reason why the introverts among us should have less of an opportunity to express themselves than people like you and I who like, you know, are pretty comfortable talking. And so um, that has changed my practice quite a lot. I don't, I no longer assume that it's just if somebody's quiet, it's because they like being quiet or whatever. I go out and seek them. Yeah, I do the same because I'm actually secret time. I'm actually a huge introvert. Mm -hmm. Like I'm that shy kid who didn't talk to anybody growing up and I'm hugely introverted. I work from home. I love working from home. I love staying home and not going out. And <laughs> when I'm in a large group or even just groups of people I don't know, I am more quiet than not. And people don't notice it because they just kind of paint a certain picture of me. But if they really paid attention, they'd be like, uh-huh, it's not really saying too much today. Like what's going on? And it's because there's people I've not met before in that room. Right. Absolutely. And you need that space to be like, oh, okay, I feel comfortable. I've now observed enough to feel safe enough to talk yeah. in this room. And I think that that's what it comes down for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as mentors, we can make that the space safer. We can talk less. We can wait. We can ask somebody else their opinion. Mm -hmm. Not feeling the need to fill the silence. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to ask, as a seasoned mentor, what advice would you offer someone who is seeking a mentor for the first time and looking to make the most out of this relationship? First of all, <clears throat> I would congratulate the person who's thinking because those who seek are already um, a little bit ahead of those who don't. Okay, And studies have shown this. People who seek out a mentor are, like, are likelier to succeed, whether or not they are part of a formal mentorship than people who even have access to a formal mentorship and decide to turn it down. Okay, so congratulations on you for seeking. Um, you know, uh, so there's advice I would give about seeking and advice I would give about making the most of the mentoring relationship. So about seeking, number one, don't be seduced by big names. Sometimes we want to be, you know, um, mentored by Bill Gates, not that I have anything for or against Bill Gates, but, you know, the big name is seductive. Um, sometimes, you know, people in those positions don't have the time, you know, or the bandwidth or whatever. So, you know, re review your criteria carefully and try to think about who you need. And perhaps the big name isn't exactly it. You might need that name for networking, but perhaps not for mentoring. Um, 
Second piece of advice, leave yourself a little bit of wiggle room to match or to not match. So you mentioned earlier, Callan, that there's, you know, it doesn't always gel. Um, you know, instead of approaching somebody and saying, hey, will you be my mentor for the next six months as I do this project? You know, maybe, maybe start with a little coffee or a little, you know, two meetings or something before kind of deciding, you know, maybe look around a little bit. Um, third piece of advice might be to be dependable. Okay. So here we are talking about how to practice good mentorship skills as a mentee. Communicate, you know, if you, you know, if you want, if you're late for a meeting, if you can't make a meeting, if the meeting is, is too, uh, too, too hard on the heels of another deadline, you know, be responsible and communicate. Don't leave your mentor without news. You know, if you can't meet with them as, as quickly as you do, you know, say, listen, I'm I'm still interested, but this is going on, you know, I'll get back to you in two weeks or whatever. And then honor your commitments. These kind of basic kind of relationship uh, maintenance skills are very important in mentoring because mentoring is essentially a relationship. And then the fourth, um, the fourth piece of advice when seeking is to make a move, right? So give yourself a little bit of a timeline. Don't sit there and say, okay, well, I want to have a mentor and perhaps I'll find one. Okay, so what am I going to do this week? This week, I'm going to look at LinkedIn and, and, and make myself a list of five potential mentors. Next week, I'm going to write to two of them, uh, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. What do you think about those? Uh, I love those. I love those. That's very, very good. I And also about the seeking the mentors, sometimes we want the person who we notice who talks a lot, who's very boisterous, very loud and like fun personality. And like, I really like that energy and I want them to be the mentor. But taking this back to the really good listeners, sometimes they're not the good listeners. Yes. So they might not necessarily actually make a good mentor. They could be great at both. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying, take that into consideration when you're going through that. Let's have a, a, a coffee or two in the understanding that I'm looking for a mentor and making sure that you've let them know that you're not just like, let's go for a coffee, like make sure your intentions are known that it's like, I'm actively looking for this, but mm -hmm. would you be interested? Let's have a coffee and see if there's, you know, the right kind of an energy there so that uh, they also know that that's what's being looked at. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, and you make a very good point. Um, I, I'm an advisor for a mentorship program in an in, uh, artificial intel intelligence uh, company. And one of the mentors there is, um, is he's autistic. And the first thing he says to you when he meets you is, hi, you know, blah, blah, I'm, I'm autistic. Um, and, and he finds it very, very difficult, you know, you know, not, not surprisingly, you know, social interaction, so forth. He lifts his hand to be a mentor year after year in this program. And he is one of the most popular and effective mentors. He doesn't speak very much in public settings, but he, you know, he's the unlikely candidate, if you will. And sometimes his mentees are the most social, gregarious, outgoing people, and they just adore him. Yeah, because he's probably a really good listener. Probably, yes. <laughs> um, this has been absolutely enlightening. I, I love mentorship. It has completely changed my life. I've seen it happen time and time again. Um, I'm super excited about the work that you do. Uh, where can people find out more about the work you do and uh, and all of that jazz? Oh, well, thank you so much, Callan. Um, if you're an Anglophone, uh, my LinkedIn site is the best place to look. All my articles are there in English. If you're Francophone, um, go to Montera Quebec's uh, website because they're all published there. Uh, we also have, this is Mentoring Month, January's Mentoring Month every year. And this year, Montera Quebec is kicking off the month with a webinar uh, on LGBTQ plus mentoring. 
is on January 10th, and it's only in French, regrettably, uh, but uh, you're more than welcome to, to take part of that. And this year, we're also doing something special is we're, um, we're developing a kit, a mentoring kit, uh, specifically focused on LGBTQ plus communities. Uh, so stay tuned, it will be published by the end of the year. Amazing. And on top of that, are there other programs just off the top of your head that you're aware of that also like mentoring, like you could look here and you could look there? Absolutely. So the Canadian Ch Chamber of L LGBTQ uh, plus uh, Chamber of Commerce has a mentorship program. I if went through it. You did. You're <laughs> yep. graduate. The CGLCC so folks. Yeah. Shout out to them. Shout out to Queer Tech. So if you're in tech and you're queer, they have a great mentorship program that has accomplished miracles um and uh, there's there's others out there fondation emergence uh, has a number of um pride at work talks about the importance of mentorship and their latest publication gives examples of different companies that have lgbtq mentorship if you look around you you should find yeah, definitely. And uh, the one that I got my mentor, my great mentor from is uh, Futurepreneur. They have they do a lot of like loaning um, to people who might not necessarily get a, qualify for loans. But uh, with their program comes the agreement that you work with a mentor. And that's where I found mine. So lots of good stuff out there. Thank you so much, Jen, for being on the show. I'm forever grateful for you. Um, and I look forward to seeing you at the next conference. Callan, you do fabulous work. Thanks to you. And we'll see you there. Magical. Have a great one. Bye. I'm so glad I was able to get Jennifer on the podcast. If you have the opportunity to see her present anywhere, she is just absolutely phenomenal. I highly, highly, highly suggest it. Thank you again for tuning in today. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And if you really enjoyed today's episode, I would love a star rating from you. The Business Gay Podcast is written, produced, and edited by me, Callan Brecken. And if you're looking for some SEO website audit advice, you can head on over to callanbrecken.com forward slash audit and set up one with me or just click the link in the show notes. That's it for today. Peace, love, rainbows. Peace.